Welcome back to our Batman commentary series uh, here on the Crossover Podcast. Nothing to do this week, so we're getting back into that. Uh, my guest today, Kyle Brown. How's it going, KB? Not too bad. All right. Good to have you on. As I said, uh, we might be getting back to doing some of these Batman anniversary shows. Uh, last year was the 25th anniversary of the Batman animated series, and so I've been doing little one-on-one sit-downs with uh, various members of uh, this podcast and a few other guests, hopefully going forward. We've, this will be the third episode. We've done two already. We had Leapock on to do, if I remember correctly, Joker. No, he did Almost Got Him. And Miller came on to do Joker's Favor. You have selected your favorite episodes from the pool of the old Batman episodes. And I said episodes because you chose a two-parter out of that series. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody which episodes you chose and why you chose them. So I chose Feet of Clay Part 1 and Feet of Clay Part 2. The reason I chose them is because everyone knows a great series and a great Batman series are defined by the villains. When you have a villain like Clayface, who is over-the-top ridiculous, how you treat the over-the-top ridiculous could never exist in real-life villains is how it brings the seasons and series all together. Like, we all know the Joker, we all know uh, Poison Ivy and the main villains, but when you have a guy like Clayface and they take actual time to treat him like a real villain and not just like this weird one-off thing because he does show up later on in the series i think it shows the strength of this whole season and whole series as a whole when you can take something so ridiculous and make it actually good yes I agree. So, without further ado, line up your DVDs or your streamings or whatever you've got and cue up Feet of Clay Part 1. We're going to be doing a little commentary track over the first episode, then we'll take a little break. It'll seem seamless to you over the podcast, as if it never even happened. And then we'll cue you <laughs> up for uh, for Part 2. So, line up your, your, your streaming or, or your Blu-ray or DVD or, or a VHS if you happen to have it. And line it up to absolute zero. And we are pushing play on Feet of Clay right now. So there we go. The Warner Brothers shield is up. And we are going into the Batman animated series episode Feet of Clay part one. Did you get a chance to pre-watch this, KB, before you started? I did. I managed to pre-watch it just to get a little refresher. I ended up forgetting most of the intro and uh, just remembering the cadence and how no shows nowadays really have this long of an intro or quite a uh, elaborate introduction. Well, this intro was actually what they did. And I, I possibly mention this every Batman episode, but like, why not just mention it again anyway? Um, this uh, This intro was... Or what, what eventually became the intro for for the Batman animated series is um, and just it's backdropped by Elfman's score from from the actual 1989 Batman with Tim Burton, which is just fantastic. <laughs> and uh, I really love the title cards here for for Feet of Clay. God, that's so creepy. Just like, like the yeah. title cards are so fantastic. If you can find me a bad title card in in the Batman animated series, I'll I'll 
give you five bucks, I guess. I don't know, but I didn't think it <laughs> so. Um, yeah, the intro, I believe, was basically the pilot for the <laughs> for the Batman animated series, if, if if memory serves, or if legend is correct, and from from what I've read, is uh, when they were first pitching this to you know Warner Brothers Studios. Bruce Tim and, and the boys, that was what they drew up as, this is basically what it'll look like and what it'll be if you give us a chance, and that, that was how they pitched it, I think, it was using that, that little, uh, the intro's a little over a minute, and uh, yeah, that's, that's because it, it basically functions as a little mini episode of Batman, because yeah. like, these guys are robbing a bank, and then Batman beats the crab out of them. So this is Lucius Fox, if for those of you who haven't watched this episode in a while, and he is meeting Bruce Wayne in a dark alley. Lucius Fox is voiced by Brock Peters, who's an old-school Hollywood actress. I believe he passed away ten years ago, but he was in he was in like old movies like like the To Kill a Mockingbird and and a lot of stuff like that. This episode actually has a huge star power in terms of voice acting I, oh god yes. when i look it up yeah oh yeah it's fantastic um this is actually really weird because i think it's hilarious that like I, I like this like lucius fox gets a rough edit in this episode i'll say because i don't buy that lucius fox would meet like because uh, what's going on here is lucius fox is delivering to what what he thinks he's doing is delivering evidence to bruce wayne that We'll get Roland Daggett, who has been accused of insider trading within the the uh, within the Wayne Company. We'll get him arrested and out of their hair. But Lucius Fox, for some reason, is not at all suspicious that Bruce Wayne has asked to meet him in this an shitty abandoned warehouse. In, yeah, in an abandoned <laughs> warehouse in Gotham at three o'clock in the morning. Now, lucky for him, that's the cheapest briefcase he could possibly have selected. <laughs> now, my my the funniest part. Right, is coming up right here. How is it the sharpshooter the hem- guy? The, yeah, the yeah. henchman who can't shoot the guy, the fat guy running yeah. away from him, but can he... perfectly shoot the two thin yeah. chains holding up <laughs> right the sign. There. That's so good. Oh man, yeah, like there's a lot of there's some cheesy stuff like the two bad guy, two main bad guys. Yeah. Aside from Clayface, uh, Bell, uh, I believe it's Bell and Germs. Yeah, Raymond Bell is the guy with uh, two with uh, the headset and the. And the shotgun. Yeah, and he's voiced by Scott Valentine, who was frickin' Nick Moore on frickin' Family Ties from back in the day, for those of you who watched, those, like, those of you in our age bracket who watched Family Ties uh, on TBS, right? Like, at 7 in the morning back in the day, when, when they used to run those repeats. And here's the Batman showing up. Woo! There he is, kicking the hell out of all... Like, those guys should be dead, quite frankly. <laughs> the tumble that they took. Uh, there's, there's a lot of... And that little leg sweep there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that, like, this is the, to me, the purest version of Batman, so they do have to give him some things where it's like he looks vulnerable. Like, I don't believe that this this little henchman with a thin French mustache could leg sweep Batman yeah. from the bitch and position it, like that. One of the one of the tells in early 90s cartoons like this, mm-hmm. as you saw the gears were a different shade almost. Yeah. You, you can see that there's two shades. There's the stylized background shade that are mm-hmm. a bit darker and you know aren't going to move and then you can see the gears and the lever like oh they're obviously going to be inter- interactable it's, it's almost almost like you're playing a video game oh this batman just snatches the it's, gun Whomp! Oh, get out of my face you're going to kill the batman get and out it's of uh if you come back and watch these you mm-hmm. get a reminder of how actually dark 
<laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, the guy just headbutts Batman in like the heavy, the most armored. Like he headbutts him in the logo, which if you've read the, if if you've read any Batman comic ever, Batman will always say that the most armored part of his body is his chest, which is literally why he has that symbol there because it creates a target, right? And that guy just headbutted the Batman right there. But again, it's a cartoon, so we have to create a little tension, but. You know, I like like if somebody tried to do that to the, like if Batman was real, somebody tried to do that to him. I believe they would crack their skull open <laughs> trying yeah. to do that. Well, this is this is the I would say the most scaled down version of the bat suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's it's mostly cloth. Yeah, it's it's you... very much like a sleeker version of Adam West's night of, of like the Adam West batman right where it's just yeah. basically oh all there's the foreshadowing the there's the foreshadowing yeah mad hag and the gangbuster so we're about to get introduced imperial pictures that's great take that universal that's some serious <laughs> shit. um we're about to get introduced to the matt hagen character who spoiler alert is going to become clayface before this is all over but it's it's not the Matt Hagen version from the, what, what they've done. They've done an amalgamation for Clayface. What they've done is they've given him the Matt Hagen character, but the Basil Matt Hagen, I believe, was the third Clayface in the comic books, and Basil Carlo was the first one. And Basil Carlo was the guy who was the actor who eventually became Clayface. So what they've done is they've called him Matt Hagen, but given him the Basil Carlo storyline where he was an actor who got disfigured and eventually became Clayface. Um, why do you think... Why do you suppose that was? Uh, that they did that? I find I find they do that a lot in... Um, even in the Spider-Man show, they'll take the different versions of the characters. Even the Flash... Uh, or the recent Flash live action is doing it where they kind of meld yeah. the two different personalities together and create one overarching character because i mean you've got people who enjoy characteristics of each and why not use both they gave them so much liberty in this show to do whatever they wanted and it really really comes out the man voicing clayface matt hagan in this the legendary legendary ron Ron perlman Perlman. absolutely ron perlman I believe, inexplicably, this is Ron Perlman has come up about 900 times on this podcast, I'll say, and I think this is probably the first time he's, for lack of a better phrase, appearing on this podcast in, 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 <laughs> in, in his purest form. Because I know we did the Blade commentary, but he was in Blade 2, not in Blade 1, So, but he came up a lot because I remember we were saying, like, boy, we wish we were watching Ron Perlman right now, and... <laughs> well, I guess that's not I true because he was in—he uh, was in Fantastic Beasts. He did the voice of that one goblin in Fantastic Beasts when we did our uh, our review of that. So, so yeah, Ron Perlman, I guess, like a, a legendary staple in the in the crossover podcast is, is Ron Perlman. He's got a great voice. He's a great actor. There's no oh, reason yeah, to not use him. Yeah, old school actor uh, Dick Gautier is doing the voice of his buddy Teddy Teddy Lupus there, who. Uh, uh, Gautier is a legendary voice actor. Uh, he's done stuff like, uh, well, he's a legendary character actor in general. Is he still with us? No, he passed away last year. Yeah, yeah, he passed away in 2017, according to IMDb. But, like, he did the voice of friggin' Hot Rod in the Transformers. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, and and he did a bunch of voices in, like, G.I. Joe and stuff like that. And, you know, he's basically, like, he's one of those guys you look at his, he's a character actor, right? So you look at his IMDb, and it's, <laughs> like, 14 pages long, and he's been in, like, one episode of every sitcom ever and every, yeah. you know, like, every animated series ever. He's done a voice in and stuff like that, and it's just, it's just a great... He's cool. one of those guys you go, yeah. oh, I saw him, I saw him in something. What was he in? And then yeah, you go, a, oh, everything. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a that guy. The guy voicing the, like, Roland Daggett, who just showed up, is being voiced by, again, Ed, Ed Asner, who, God, has been in, his voice kind of shaped my youth. Like, he was the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s animated series, which was one yep. of the all-time great voice acting performances. He was the old guy in Up, for God's sake, which I think he got, like, nominated for like i don't want to say oscar but i want to say something oscar adjacent for for that voice performance he put in and in up and just like ed asner's been in freaking everything he's another guy you look yeah. at his imdb and, and like he's in the boondocks and shit like that he, he he's yeah. the same as dick godia you look at his uh, imdb and it's like 900 pages long and he's been in damn near everything and the third guy rounding out this little bad guy trio that they've got it, like it just one of the worst semblance of of bad guys is uh or um the third guy there germs who is uh a germaphobe yeah which who's is just ugh. yeah who's who's a hypochondriac <laughs> <laughs> freaking uh yeah he's, he's he's a hypochondriac uh thief and criminal i guess who's and Who's uh, voiced by Ed Begley, who Ed is Begley. from you know from Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Stan Sitwell in Arrested Development. Well, he's in everything. Like Begley Jr. is another guy. He's, he was in. This is Begley's like fourth time appearing in this podcast because Begley was in. Uh, Begley's got a rich history in DC. He was also in Joker's Favor, so this isn't even his first time being in one of our Batman animated series episodes. He was the uh, he was the voice of the main guy in Joker's Favor. Like it's his story that we're watching. Like the guy who the Joker uh, tortures in that episode. Char- Charlie something I can't remember his name but yeah Begley did the voice of him yeah what I know uh, Vic Manana used to tell stories about uh, voice acting and it's it's one of those things where they get you for your main part mm-hmm. and then they go hey can you do these 20 other parts yeah well the thing about because they got you in the sound stage you might as yeah. well do yeah they uh, the, the thing about yeah because the thing about voice acting from what I've read is if you can get it it's the sweetest plum as far as acting, right? Especially if you, if you become like Kevin Conroy big and stuff like that, right? Where they want you for everything, and then you just put a studio in your basement, and then all they do is fax you the lines or, or they FedEx you the, the scripts they want you to read, right? And you just go down to your, your studio in your own basement in your drawers, fire the lines out, and then I'll be honest, this scene gave me nightmares as a child, KB. I uh, this silhouette. I actually remembered. I remembered it differently, which was interesting. I was. Um, this is really bad. Like, I can't it. believe it's brutal. It's yeah, absolutely I can't believe brutal. they got away with this for a kids' TV because they they are literally just and for no reason because it's not like Matt Hagen is a guy who's like he deserves this. It's like no, he's just some chump. And then they're just feeding him this chemical stuff. That's like that silhouette and and just like the like Ron Perlman's like you know going like don't and stuff like just. His line read, I remember, gave me chills as a kid, and I had a hard time watching, rewatching this particular episode when I was a, a, a young pup back in the day because that scene just, like, honestly, it gave me nightmares. Two scenes it's gave me pr- nightmares in the history of DC animated. That and 
at the end of uh, the first Metallo episode when Metallo like sinks to the bottom of the ocean and then they play like that super creepy music and it shows Metallo like walking on the bottom of the doing the Terminator walk basically on the bottom yeah. of the ocean right I remember <laughs> that that creeped the hell out of me I think this is the first appearance of the Batcave in our uh, in our commentary series I don't think we've I don't think we've actually been in the Batcave so here 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 we are seeing Batman doing actual detective work where he's trying to figure yeah, out yeah and uh, this. This iteration of Batman is different mm-hmm. than anything you've seen on the big screen. He is the he is the true detective. Mm-hmm. He's he just pieced together a guy's face from uh, mm-hmm. from memory from actually. memory. Yeah. And then what I find is a great use of the Alfred character pulling Batman uh, because Alfred's whole point is to pull Bruce Wayne out of Batman, mm-hmm. and he does it whimsically and wonderfully here just by yeah. saying just casually hey, yeah. by the, by the way you can look at real stuff too and get some yeah. some insight yeah god this is so dated what is that a newspaper <laughs> what what's in what's a newspaper <laughs> oh man fat Coming Polly's out? pool hall Whoa. yeah you know they you know that's where the gangsters go to perform like, like, <laughs> like, like you know that's the front <laughs> like come on like gotta go down to fat Polly's. Giant neon neon sign that says uh, "No gangsters here." Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty funny. So this guy, uh, the Raymond Bell character, the reason he's got his old school radio headphones is because he is listening to the police radio. And what you want to do when you hear your name over the police radio is start speeding and crashing in there. Speeding and so crashing everything exactly to make yourself as inconspicuous as possible, right? Like the first thing you want to do is start driving like a complete and utter maniac getting the car on two wheels like two separate times while pulling like it's a good thing that gotham apparently goes to sleep at like nine o'clock so there's nobody else on the road that this guy's just driving on even though he's on like a friggin midtown. well uh, he's on a tunnel to more, midtown he's the only guy on the road it's it's more of a animation budget I, issue I, I, than it is i know You're, but uh, i'm still gonna make fun of it though the fact that absolutely absolutely gotham, well he gotham, comes Gotham, a major like a metropolitan city, is it supposed to be that that Batman? Yeah, and how one how is he road. tracking the car? Did he have a tracker on the car, or like what's? Oh, there's a few more. I guess they're all stuck in the tunnel. I think yeah, yeah I think we're led to believe that Batman uh, put a tracer on his car put a or something. On his car, because like Batman's trying to get him uh, by himself is 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 kind of the goal here, and uh, so Batman waited for for bell to be near other people i guess <laughs> before he decided to actually make the drop on him and i'm gonna be honest with you kb batman goes a little bit too far in this, in this it got it like i here. said before it gets yeah. pretty dark yeah and but you gotta realize that he's defend he's trying to defend his Himself bruce wayne image his friend yeah and, and, and one of his best friends in lucius and one of too, his right? best friends yeah and yeah, it, how devastating how devastating it must be later on mm-hmm. in a scene that's coming up for him. Yeah. It, it, you get to see raw Batman mm-hmm. in the, in these episodes. It, 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 it has been made personal by by Roland Daggett and crew. It definitely it, it, it has absolutely been made personal by these guys. But like, look at this. Like Batman, we're lucky he's the Batman and that he's a cable because he could have easily just skewered this guy (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) this is so hilarious (laughs) and then uh, yeah let me just ask you what's about to happen here kb with the with the automatic 
crane arm here. Are you gonna are you gonna call bullshit on this? Like like would you would you call bullshit on this? Or do you think this is something Batman would have? This is because it doesn't would... seem like it's specifically designed to do what it's doing right now. It just seems like Batman is kind of like, Whoa, like you know, yeah. It's one of those it's one of those utility belt things. Yeah. I mean, it might be it might be some sort of. See, but if you say it would be a tow cable for yeah. an, uh, like an aerial rescue, it would mm. probably come out the back. True. It does seem but, like uh, the exact same thing though, because this 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 animated series is coming off the heels, and they did harp a lot off of the nineteen of off of the Tim Burton Batman's. That's why if we ever get to a penguin episode, the penguin has like like the penguin fish hands and stuff like that, right? Because they had to kind of make it similar to the Danny DeVito one, because that was the most recognizable to. Uh, the public who didn't know about like Burgess Meredith or read a comic book, right? So like, if you were a yeah. kid and you hadn't read comic books, you would recognize Devitos and stuff. Um, so Batman did use something similar in the 1989 Batman to wrestle the Joker balloons that were poisoning the ga- poisoning the city that one time. So I mean, I'm pretty well, sure if you're going to stay si- consistent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. So I guess you could say that that Batman already had that because it, it was in the uh, the 1989 Batman. But it is one of those things where like the people who complain, like like the people who complain about Batman, this would be one of those things that they complain about, right? Is that like, oh, Batman just has a, a like robotic arm that can just you know rip a door off a car and wrestle somebody while he's in the car (laughs) this is ridiculous here i i will call bullshit on what batman's about to do here right because like this would there's like so much can go wrong with what batman is about to do here and it's so unnecessary considering he was just driving or he was just flying over uh gotham harbor right like so batman sees a rooftop pool and it's not like he he hovers close to it like, this guy falls, No, like, he drops him a fair yeah. amount. <laughs> and Batman doesn't even really, like, measure it up. Like, look at Like, a bunch, a bunch of stories yeah. into the shallow end of the pool. Yeah, so bad. Like, that guy's dead. Like, Batman probably just killed that guy. But we're, we're led to believe he's so good and so won't kill anybody that he can just drop something from a pool. Yeah, and then, like, what in this, this scene right here... seems like such a horrible idea. So at this point in our story... Lucius Fox thinks that Bruce Wayne is the guy who tried to kill him because uh, earlier we saw Matt Hagen impersonating Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne's idea... So Bruce Wayne slash Batman, the great detective, the man who always thinks ten steps ahead, his big move is to sneak in to Lucius Fox's hotel room wearing the criminalist-looking turtleneck he can possibly wear. Like the stereotypical, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna burgle you. yeah turtleneck and just tries to stand like i don't know what's the plan here and i love i love how the cops came in the door instead of like a nurse or whoever else would actually be on the end of that call Mm -hmm. call button yeah this scene also this 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 scene coupled with the scene earlier when they actually poured the shit down like it's so beautifully choreographed and look and you know looking at it now it's oh god it's so goddamn good but like it scared the shit out of us. So, so now we're seeing bruce wayne get arrested now i think we're led to believe that bruce and batman decided that i have to turn myself in to not look guilty but we yeah did, like i think we're, but we as the audience kind of have to piece that together there's summer gleason who is yet to make it into anything other than this uh she's been in the comics and and she's been in this but i don't think they've used summer gleason in anything else um, yeah, but we're led to believe that Batman is, is trying to make himself look as innocent as possible by turning himself in. 
but you know, we're kind of just taking that on faith. It's not really made... Like, that would say, I'd say, is the weakest story writing element of these two episodes. This shot here was what I'm talking about, though, where it, it just... Oh, like that, and then Ron Perlman's, like, little, like, anger scream, and that's how we go out on, on part one to be continued. We get into a little bit more with the character, because obviously we just met... Is the, the first yeah. episode's mostly setting up yeah. for the second one and mm-hmm. giving you an idea of who's going to be doing what. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, that gave me so many, so many nightmares as a kid. So here we are, and, and we're watching the awesome end credits for this one. God, that that's a really good episode. It is, it is a, it is a stereotypical part oneer though, right? Where they're definitely just like. We're, we're going to give you act one and a half, basically, of our... Yeah, our and I mean, it it looks, like, it looks like Batman and slash Bruce Wayne's defeated because he's going to jail. And uh, you get the reveal at the end that uh, Matt Hagen is now Clayface. And uh, it doesn't look good. Yeah. All right, so we are going to take a little break. And like I said, it'll it'll be seamless to you guys on the podcast. But we're we're, we're going to be right back in a couple of seconds, and we'll queue uh, up part two. Can't wait. All right. All right, we're back for part two of Feet of Clay. Uh, line it up right away, cause we're we're just going to get right into it. Here we go. Part two of Feet of Clay. Absolute zero. First play. Now, uh, the Warner Brothers Shield is officially up, which lets <laughs> us know that we are going. And... Remember when that? Sh- remember when that shield used to mean joy and not sadness? Well, it still means <laughs> it still means joy for me. It's just, uh, I mean, Lego Batman was a lot of fun. Um, Aquaman. This weekend we get the Aquaman Comic Con trailer. So, because uh, Comic Con is this weekend, as of you and I, I recording. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about about Aquaman. Um, you chose Feet of Clay, KB, but uh, do you believe this is the best episode? Of, uh, do you believe these are the best Clayface episodes of the bat of, of the Batman animated series run? No. Okay. They it introduces Clayface, mm-hmm. but his he comes back later with a redemption story where he's kind of. Not quite good, not quite evil. He's found the love of his life, and he's trying to get back on track and regain his humanity. You'll Ooh, see. First, we see. Sorry, sorry, our first previously on on this uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I just had to interrupt. Uh, for that. We also see near the end uh, of this episode, Clayface's struggle between who he's become because of this incident and who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you, some of you may know, for actors, their personality and their icon of themselves is what they live off of. No, there's the title card again. Yeah, and like Which, you know what, I could live a thousand. I could I I could live a thousand lifetimes and never come up with a title that's like half pun, but is that brilliant, right? Where it's feet of clay, but it's it's f e a t and whatnot, and he's an actor, and just God, I could like. And the friggin' Shakespearean masks is the is the, is the goddamn God. I could live a thousand years and never come up with something that brilliant. Just yeah, that it's... title card, just that still image of feet of clay and everything it represents, and 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 if you know these stories, just yeah. God damn! I like honestly, I, I could never come up with something that brilliant. 
I don't know if you commented on the other uh, episodes. I don't remember, but the whole gothic style that they got going on. Yeah, the where they set in, everything in kind Gotham. of like 50s style, where the men wear suits and the women wear dresses, and 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 everything kind of looks like uh, like a Rolls Royce or a friggin' Jaguar it's, it's almost, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's almost steampunk, but it's not. Yeah. It's just this really cool, unique style that really fits Gotham. Like when I think of Gotham, this is what I think of. Yeah. Like, God, look how awesome Batman looks in those two frames, just running out of that car. He looked like a fucking Roadrunner or something like that. God, so awesome. Go ahead. Sorry, that was just so awesome. I had to. Sorry, there's actually buildings in that same style in the city I live in where you can see mm-hmm. coming over one of the main highways, and every time I look, I'm like, oh hey, look, it's Gotham over there. <laughs> yeah. So there's our first big hit of Clayface. I mean, we got a little tease of him in the first episode. Here he is in, in all of his Batman animated glory. They gave him a little more structure. Like, to me, he, he, he like the way they, they've structured his body with his head in this reminds me a little bit of uh, Juggernaut. To be, to yeah, be, the Juggernaut know. helmet. Yeah, it's it's a little bit where it kind of looks like his head is just kind of like propped up on his, on his body. But I, I like it. I, di- I, I, I do dig it. I mean, it scared the shit out of me as a kid, which is kind of the intention with Clayface, because, like, yeah, the Joker's a psychopath, and yeah, Two-Face is, is you know, like, this this crazed uh, guy who, who sticks to duality like you wouldn't believe, and, and, you know, there's the Riddler who has his crazy saw contraptions and stuff, but you never actually get scared, I think, for Batman when he's facing those guys as you do when he faces Clayface because Clayface is an actual monster with powers. And stuff he's, like that, yeah, right? he's one of the closest things we get to a supervillain. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least the first season, Mr. Freeze was standing. Mm-hmm. Um, his powers are unique. His overall character and structure are unique too. He's not really purposely out to get Batman. He's just kind of existing in this world that's been created around him because of the choices he's made and the choices that uh, the other characters have made around him. I was going to say earlier, I think the best Clayface episode of this run takes place in season four or five, whatever season it was when they changed the animated, when they changed the animation from Batman to like the Batman and Robin adventures or whatever because they they made it look more like Superman because they started doing a lot more crossovers with the Superman animated series that also got popular and it's always easier to make Batman look like Superman than vice versa. So they and that animation still holds up the the thing of him walking around changing faces. Yeah, and like stuff. I thought that I thought that still held up. Like that doesn't look like shit like 25 years later. That, There's a lot of really a lot of scenes that definitely have aged and look mm-hmm. old. Like uh, the very beginning of the first episode, the rat walking around that definitely looked dated. Yeah. But the scenes that they took more care, like this looks yeah, almost like like, yeah. like the transformation looks, stuff on Clayface yeah. in, the, in the rewatch. I this I like I couldn't believe how crisp the animation on it was. Like it yeah. still holds up. This looks almost as close as you can get to late '90s gargoyles. That style of animation. Yeah, and this guy where he's got the mullet too, very gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. He's got it like the square. Like... He's got like the square head jaw with the mullet. That was very gargoyles. Yeah. yeah, excellent reference by you. Shout out to friggin' uh... oh god, who did the voice? Uh, he also did the voice of Spawn. 
Uh, I, Keith David, Keith David. Shout out to Keith yeah. David and his, and his voice like Velvet and Peanut Butter. My God in heaven. Um, Absolutely. Uh, this is great stuff. He's just going, like, Clayface, just going berserk and shit like that in his trailer. So good. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I think the best Clayface episode takes place when they when they f- did... Um, when they switched it and they and um, Robin grew up and became Nightwing in, in, in the beginning of that and they introduced uh, Tim Drake as the new Robin. They skipped over the whole Jason Todd thing, which was a smart idea, and went right to uh, to Tim Drake. And there's an episode where Tim Drake runs into a tiny girl and falls in love with her, and then it turns out the girl wasn't real. It was like a, a piece of Clayface that had broken off and had basically gained separate sentience from Clayface, and Clayface is, like, trying to get her back and stuff like that, and at the end, she molds back into Clayface, and, and Tim Drake's, like, trying to pull her out of Clayface, like, trying to grab her hand, and she's like, no, it's the only way and stuff. You have to let me go, and it was just, like, really sad. Like, it was one of those, like, it, like there's about... any time someone puts together one of those, like, stereotypical internet lists of like top you know top five saddest episodes of the batman animated series that episode inevitably ends up on that list i i the name of that episode is escaping me but it was it was a fucking brilliant episode yeah can can we just uh harken back to what just happened yeah germs was about to smother lucius with a pillow pillow? yeah (laughs) this this episode aired on saturday morning ladies and gentlemen yeah this this This, this was was marketed as a kid's cartoon this would have been, been like almost Three gruesome deaths. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely tried to smother Lucius Fox with a pillow. And then Batman is about to torture him with like this germaphobe. Well, now... if you if you read if you read a uh, read the jar. Oh you yeah, can. Batman wasn't actually doing it, but definitely like this is this is where you see the Batman be the Batman though, because he is like gonna, about to torture this guy, but he's not harming him physically more or more as mentally right like this is this is where like the batman is the batman right where he's just like and look look at him just like with the cape moving and stuff yeah towering with the silhouette and no hospital staff around in this yeah unlocked area with (laughs) potentially which apparently deadly diseases diseases. (laughs) yeah like like they could trip over and knock like clayface is about to show up and start breaking stuff in like a minute here and it's like Clayface could easily like unleash the fucking it started a plague, the plague upon Gotham by accident, right? And he's just like, whoops. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. was in. Uh, we mentioned him in in part one. He is a rich history in in, in the Batman animated series. You're a huge Batman Beyond fan. Um, Ed Begley Jr. was in my single favorite episode of the bat of of Batman Beyond. My favorite episode is titled April Moon. And what happens in the what, what was it say like seaweed analysis or seawater for analysis? So I don't know why, a, hospi- for why yeah. a hospital is analyzing seawater. We don't know, but uh, we'll just go with it. So so Batman uh-huh. wasn't truly about to kill that guy with with like the polio virus or something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, the animation stuff on the Clayface movement. God, that's still whole. I can't believe how crisp it is. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely decided certain parts where to put. Mm-hmm the money in right yes and there's the so the silhouette work is really awesome as well mm-hmm. they knew i believe the person people who did this are frequent on fat man on batman shout out to kevin smith mm-hmm. and they're talking about the, the ways the fathers of this podcast yeah the, the way the ways they got around certain things to sneak things past the network and to get it yeah. on tv 
And speaking of Batman Beyond, there's the Batman Beyond movie, mm-hmm. uh, made-for-TV movie. They had to change drastically in order to actually get it on TV. And that's just that's the line that they walk that makes this so great. Oh, the, the yeah. Return of the Joker movie. Yeah, didn't they cut a scene where, like, the Joker, like, stabbed Tim Drake or something like well, that? Well, like, Tim yeah. Drake shoots, shoots the Joker. Shoots the Joker, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they changed it to, and like... And they changed it. They drop him. He drops him into acid or something. Or something like that, Which, yeah. I mean, is just mm. as gross. <laughs> yeah, I think that lives on in... On, I think that scene it, where Tim... It's on the yeah. DVD. It's on the it's DVDs. On the DVD if you buy the like DVDs, yeah. the original ending is on the DVD. Or the original scene is on the DVDs. Yeah. Fork hand! Yeah, Ed, 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 Ed Begley Jr., who's still on this rooftop as Batman tries to front kick Clayface here and fails horribly. Um, he was in the episode April Moon, and in the episode April Moon, he played a doctor of, like, Robotniks. And so there were, like, these punk teenagers who kidnapped his... Who kidnapped his wife and forced them to forced him to augment them with like, you know, super powered uh, robot weapons and stuff. So like the one guy had like uh, friggin' Omega Red whips built into his wrists and stuff, and another guy was able to like uh, put like some sort of robot suit over his entire body so that he could run through things like he was you know Rhino from Superman and or from Spider Man and stuff like that. And they kept going back to back. They they kept like saying, you know, we'll give you your wife back once we're fully augmented and stuff. And then it turned out in the end that, um, like like at the end, if we find out that Bagley's wife is actually sleeping with the head of the gangsters and stuff like that, and then Bagley finds out about it, but they don't know that he knows. So the the episode ends with. The dude, after, you know, Terry McGinnis has beat the shit out of him, going back for repairs. So he's strapped to Bagley's, like, operating table. And he goes, I want you to make me as strong as I can, Doc. And then Bagley goes, oh, don't worry, I will. And the episode ends with, like, Bagley, like, taking a drill to the kid's forehead or something like that. And it's like, it's like these episodes aired on Saturday morning. How did they get away with this shit? This shot of Clayface just sitting there watching television is fucking hilarious, by the way. Right? Yeah. That's great stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Some of the stuff I couldn't believe they got away with. Yeah. And uh, again, when you push the envelope yeah. and you sneak things past, people take notice and that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Chuck Trouble across the Oh, yeah. oh my head. Like a what horrible. Yeah, at least a few really bad contusions and probably a concussion, right? Like that's like, best case scenario, right? Best case yeah, scenario you're is. You're thinking yeah. like Barbara Gordon situation there. Yeah, like, yeah. Broken back and, <laughs> and stuff like that, right? Yeah, jeez. This is where Batman has already sussed together that. Like, you get to see him be a little bit of a detective where he's like looking through a microscope and he's. Somehow figured out that Clayface is 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 Matt Hagen, but uh, like yeah, whatever. He's the Batman. He'd probably figure it out, or at least have some yeah. inkling and be like, I'm gonna go on a hunch that I think that Matt Hagen is the is the bat is uh is Clayface. This is actually pretty pretty hilarious. This entire sequence, I couldn't believe how ill prepared. Oh my god, Batman showing up in the janitor <laughs> uniform. God, that's so great. This is like so like non conspicuous that I'm like, God, how could he be friggin'? 
Oh god. Yeah. Nobody knows. I I couldn't pretty... believe how ill prepared Roland Daggett was to answer some hard questions though. I got to be perfectly honest with you, KP. Like he he was not ready for the hard hitting questions. I I believe he thought this is going to be a softball interview from Summer Gleason here. <laughs> what say you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you assume he's paid for the airtime and he gets to pick the questions that <laughs> he's going to be given. Yeah. And then of course, Clayface can be anyone. I wonder who that, if he's actually that woman right there. <gasps> they don't, I can't believe they stopped using Summer Gleason, really. Like, honestly, Summer Gleason hasn't even really shown up in the comic books that I know of. So, like, this is her, this is, she had a big run in these anime series. Like, they really replaced her with, like, Vicky Vale. Like, Vicky Vale, kind of, in the comics and the movies and the video games and stuff, has become the, like, sexy reporter lady that shows up around Gotham and asks the hard-hitting questions and shit like that. Yeah, I don't. To be honest, I didn't really enjoy that trope because it seems like everyone has it. Well, I don't mind it, but like I just, I, I think it's strange that Summer Gleason got weirdly phased out of the Batman mythos and and replaced with with uh, just replaced with Vicky Vale. Because Vicky Vale also, you know, has, has you know done a bunch of other stuff, and she's got a rich history. I just, I'm saying, I think there's room for both of them. Is 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 what is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it might just be a licensing issue, or mm-hmm. or just lack of. I might be the only one carrying a torch for Summer Gleason, quite frankly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just just from watching this show, because she's in a lot of good episodes. Because she's also in the uh, Christmas with the Joker, is is a great one. Ah, oh, yeah. I just love this clay face. It's like Ron Perlman's putting in work in this episode. This is so good. He's really in love with making crab claws for some reason. We're not exactly uh, probably easy to animate. I guess. Look at Batman. Look at that. Oh, easy to animate. Uh, people. It. It's what people can associate with. True. Oh, butt slam. Yeah, he did totally butt slam. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Earlier, he tried to kick bat. He tried to kick him, and it didn't work. But the butt slam. Uh, Works. Well, oh, more more surface area, right? I guess, yeah. We'll we'll go with it. So you could say Batman adjusted his his attack tactics. As he's like, well, this didn't work, so butt slam time. Get ready for it, there, Clayface. Uh, and here's the what I was talking about. I was struggling between Hagen and Clayface. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not Hagen. I'm Clayface. Yeah. Which is funny after having seen uh, you know Guardians of the Galaxy two, where they had the thing where like. It's like, your name is Taserface and stuff like that, right? It's like, yeah, it's just like, you went with Clayface, eh? <laughs> like, not like Clayman or anything like that. Ooh, go into roll mode. <laughs> Quick, Gary, go into roll mode. The ambiguous yeah. Gary do well. It's funny in this series and yeah. even in uh, Justice League, JLA, JLU, mm-hmm. how inconsistent the damage output is yeah. from objects to people to villains to heroes mm-hmm. or like he just busted through the wall and then he's gonna slam batman against this wall yeah like oh my god i i really like the way they i mean it, it kind of you could poke holes in the way they ended this episode but i really think that i i, I don't i don't I like the way they ended yeah. it. Uh, I do too. Because he it... didn't really find a weakness mm-hmm. immediately because he didn't have that much time. Yeah. And then to appeal to what he knew Matt Hagen mm-hmm. was all about, and have done his research, 
And to manage to set up this, if you want to call it a trap, yeah, or circumstance where he's going to push mm-hmm. the fight into this room, yeah, and then kind of get him to remember, hey, mm-hmm. you you were this great actor, you were all these different characters, mm-hmm. like you can't mm-hmm. can't just abandon yourself just because something happened. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I like it because the fact that, like, like earlier, like we saw on the rooftop, Batman tried to kick, basically, like, <laughs> basically tried to kick Clayface right, right in the sternum. Like, if Clayface wasn't Clayface, Batman would have put a guy in the hospital for the rest of his life with a crushed sternum with that front kick, with with that flying like. Sean Michael from two stories up. Yeah, like that that flying Sean Michael super kick to the chest, right? Like he basically would have would have killed a normal person or or nearly killed them, but because it's 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 Clayface, it didn't yeah. work. So Batman yeah. has to defeat him psychologically, right? As opposed to yeah. Well, like, earlier on in the episode too, yeah. he he said something about how Hagen transforms uh, subconsciously sometimes. Yeah, because and in like a Morbius. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm laughs> they, don't, they don't have the rights to that. <laughs> <sighs> if we ever do a Spider-Man one, I'm picking those as those a blade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I want to. Maybe we just do the Venom episode, Hank Azaria. We, we just so I can hear Hank Azaria's Venom. So good. Um, this is this is a little bit of a plot hole to me here. Where, oh, or he changes into Bruce Wayne, and they're like, hey, he can be anyone. Yeah, they're like, that looks like Bruce Wayne. He must have been the guy who's like, I mean, yeah, it, 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 like, if the cops see that, and they can testify in the Bruce Wayne trial, just to put in that reasonable doubt, like, obviously, Bruce Wayne could afford a lawyer who, you know, any lawyer worth their salt would be able to create that reasonable doubt with this knowledge that there's a shit Yeah, but this this who, this saves this but, saves the episode this saves the episode yeah, of wraps it up in a neat uh, little bow, Bruce right? Wayne's tri- Bruce Wayne's trial, right? Yeah. And it but it's it's yeah, it's it's shit's definitely flimsy, right? In this in this scene. It it is Well, you only you only have 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly, right? We we can't go we can't wrap everything up in a neat little package, but I mean it's it's definitely uh now, yeah, shit's a little flimsy, and I do I did like the fact that we get to see this like Lucius Fox going like I love Bruce Wayne, he's the man, <laughs> something like that, right? Like it's really good. Now, after this scene comes the final scene, mm-hmm. which he is looks... so, so good. I really like the ending. Did you not? Like yeah, it? I loved it. I was oh, just gonna ask when we get there. I'm gonna ask when we get there, just in case someone who's watching this hasn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, look, it's Tim Drake's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Good poll. <laughs> um, so right here mm-hmm. is where we find out yeah. it's not actually Clayface. Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think Batman let him get away? Well, I don't think Batman realized it until he's performing his until he got to the Batcave. Yeah. Okay. And then he's just like, well, he's gone now I, and he's a shapeshifter so i don't know i, th- I think well, that's how i take it anyway this See, i think i, I always thought i was think really if cool. they would i think if they would have left it there and without the evil maniacal laugh i think it would have been more interesting I, but I, like, I mean i like the laugh but i don't think that they needed to i think they should have just kept the female laugh there the entire time yeah like, not like, not the voice and change then, and then showed the eyes because like that's enough to get it across right i don't think they needed to go to the 
the Ron Perlman cackle, even though you know, anytime you get Ron Perlman to do a, a evil bad guy yeah. cackle, you should probably if it if it was me if it was me, I would have had her yeah maybe bump into him and go oh excuse me or whatever, and then kind of turn and watch him walk yeah. away with the eyes. But I mean, you can yeah. do the you can do it anyway. I like want, the, I, I like mean, the Saturday morning villain laugh though. I just I, I felt like they should have kept it with the female voice and then just had the had the clay face eyes show up because like that's fucking creepy. Like that that like attractive woman there closing her eyes and then laughing like a Saturday morning cartoon villain, which is, you know, what we're watching. Yeah. But then anyway, she opens this, her eyes and she's got the clay face eyes. This brings up a point that I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. about how the villains, mostly in this series, don't go to jail. Very rarely do they get completely caught and go to jail. Yeah, they do a lot of ambiguous. Well, that's a way to keep it going too, right? No, and and, and, and I like that because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not ragging on Arkham Asylum. I'm not ragging on the prison system and the prison breaks and all those yeah. different I mean, there's a great episode where Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy and one other female villain whose name escapes me. I, I, there's three of them. I know there's three. Oh, Livewire. Yeah. And they escape and they yeah, do that was all one their of the crossovers we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do end all up their getting taken down by Supergirl and Batgirl, if if uh, memory serves me right. Like that's the that's the girls' night out episode, I believe. Yep, 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 yep. Great episode. And I mean it's those are great. But when you're looking at something like the DCEU we have right now, mm-hmm. or the Marvel even the Marvel Extended Universe, you run out of villains so fast mm-hmm. if you're one and done. Yeah. And when you have something when you have something like this, especially with a character with the powers of Clayface, where he can be anyone, mm-hmm. all of the sudden, and I'm not sure if they did this or not, but it was, it was probably a reveal. I can't remember the exact way they transitioned back into him. But you're left... With this sense of where is he going now? Who who could he be? Mm-hmm. Like at, literally at any point he could show up. Obviously he's not going to be in the next episode because you know you want to move on and get some tension. Yeah. But I like I really enjoy the fact that yes Batman wins quote unquote, but the story isn't over. Yeah, absolutely. Which I th- which I think you can learn a lot from writing wise and style wise with a lot of other things i mean it, it's to the point it's not to the point where most saturday morning cartoons like inspector gadget where the claw always gets away and yeah he's I'll never gonna next caught. time gadget yeah next time, but it's not right? yeah. it, but it's not to the it's not to the other extreme where every single episode we got to catch the bad guy and throw him in jail yeah and then like we were talking about before uh, in the next time, I believe it's the next time Clayface shows up. He's not entirely a villain. Mm-hmm. He's gone through character development off screen, which thank Christ, <laughs> mm-hmm. some some character development needs to be ha- I mean, needs to be done off screen for the sake of time. Yeah. And all you need to do, all you need to do, is have a line like they do. I found her. She's the love of my life. She loves me as much as I love me. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot. Then this was what makes this series great. They do things because they have to save time. They have mm-hmm. to save money. They have to do it, but they do it in such an intelligent and and cute way 
that it works really, really well. It's an absolutely brilliant take on the character. I thought I'm just weirded out. I just really hope I, I've just been thinking about this. I really hope the reason that they gave Matt Hagen the like I, I hope I'm not I hope I'm not reading too much into this where it's like I really hope they didn't give the uh, Basil Carlo background to the Matt Hagen character it was just so they could throw another white guy in there right like I'd like that's just what I hope <laughs> like, I just, I'm thinking about it and I'm like I really hope that's not the reason I, I really just hope that they were like well we had Ron Perlman and it was just made more sense to give Ron Perlman the Matt Hagen version Matt Hagen character than than Basil Carlo right but it's just like and Basil Carlo eventually got to be into the Batman animated series. The Batman. Oh. Which is underrated. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I, I really think that animated series is underrated. It's obviously, it's just because it, it, it came in the wake of this. <laughs> right? It, it yeah. came after what we just watched. And what we just watched well, stylistically if, still holds up 25, 26 and years if, later. If you want to take it into perspective... This series spawned Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. and whether or not you like Batman Beyond, which I do, it is, it is the only comic book franchise to ever start as a TV show first mm-hmm. and then get a comic run. Yeah, and like so many great things came out of this. Like Harley Quinn was created in, like Harley Quinn was created for the Batman animated series, and now is the single most popular character in all of comic books, bar none. Yeah, like it's it's like right now, like jokingly like i've said i've said on this podcast i think before when you're talking comics i think the big three characters are in this order i think the i think the three most popular characters now i'm talking public wise i'm I'm including public and i'm including um hardcore fans i believe the, the top three for most of our lives were this order kb batman spider-man Superman. Yeah. Those were one, two, and three. And I gotta say, I think Harley Quinn has supplanted all th- all three of those guys. In, in in 2018, the date we are recording this, the Har- Harley Quinn publicly is the most popular character in, in comic books. I believe. And oh, she it's... Cre- and she was spawned from this from this animated series, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you wanna take any notes. Definitely take it from this series, mm-hmm. and I, whether or not you like Harley, like Harley Quinn is is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The fact she's brought joy to so many people, and there's so many different iterations of her and backstories, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know that and and horrendous takes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope you're not including Margot Robbie on that because uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, of the few things DC the DCEU has going for them, I do believe the Mar- Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is one of them because that was a lot of fun. It's not her fault that a lot of the stuff they gave her to do was trash, right? That was more of a script issue than, than yeah. A, than my an my issue my whole issue with that is how do you have Suicide Squad before you have a Justice League? Yeah, but, but that's that's that's, uh, that's, that's a, an entirely different podcast. Yeah, entirely different podcast. No reason for us to get into it. So uh, with that, we're gonna we're gonna put a cap and close off chapter three of our Batman animated series review or commentary series or miniseries, whatever the hell you want to call it. But we're, I have a lot of fun doing these, and and it was it was great putting another a cap on another one. 
I don't have any plans for next week on the crossover podcast, so I may be back next week doing another one of these commentary tracks. And, and uh, yeah, that'll be it. I do know that Mac and I are planning on doing a SummerSlam preview for the wrestling, but SummerSlam's still few months away i think so well, so maybe in between maybe in between there we can fit in a little glow yeah maybe maybe we can talk glow season two or or why not because miller, miller just started plowing through glow season two so or he's, oh, he's i'd love to get miller's one. take i'd love to get miller's take on season one and two yeah. i haven't finished season two yet but that'd be it's that'd good. be another great it's, one to lead it's up good. it's very good i i it's such a good series but uh yeah so We'll probably be. I'm gonna guess we'll be back next week with another one of these Batman animated series commentary tracks. So, so we'll do that. We're gonna start banging these out, and then, uh, you know, hopefully, maybe something will come up. Comic Con is this weekend, so maybe we'll have a bunch of trailers and stuff to talk about as well. Like that, that that's something we could uh, we could start banging out. Um, so, KB, thank you for doing this. Thank you for choosing Feet of Clay Part One and Two, two of my favorite episodes of the Batman animated series. I mean, they're all great, but but. This one is, is truly excellent. And, and we got to hear Ron Perlman's fantastic, fantastic voice. So excellent selection by you. Your favorite episode of the Batman animated series, Feet of Play, Part 1 and 2. Uh, crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. Uh, take care, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. 